0: Always do what I wanted to do. I always wanted to be a pro wrestler. So that was was kind of my experience.
1: Well, similar to Blade, I've been watching wrestling since I was very little. I was probably a toddler. I, however, did not want to be a wrestler at all. I wanted to be a manager. I wrote a letter to World Wrestling Federation when I was nine um, asking if I could be the Body Donna's manager. Um, didn't work out so well for me. <laughs> yeah, you would <were> not! <laughs> it was hard. Um, but I, I didn't, see, didn't want to be a wrestler until I saw Trish Stratus for the first time when I was in high school. And that completely changed my whole life. I, in that moment I saw her, I went, oh my god. I didn't realize that women could not only manage but also wrestle. And uh, when I was 18, the day of 18th birthday, I signed up for wrestling school.
2: Awesome. Uh, I literally saw the Road Warriors. That was literally it. I was like six years old and saw the Road Warriors on TV and I was like, alright, some point in time, I want to do this. <laughs> that was literally it. And I think like two seconds later, like uh, Jim Cornette broke his legs, uh, falling down from the uh, and <laughs> That was the first match I've ever seen. Sorry, kids. That was it. So that's always a little fun question.
3: Anybody from any era, if you could face, who would it be? In what kind
4: of water? Uh
1: Shawn
3: Michaels, 150%.
1: If I could go back in like 1996, and instead of Bret Hart, it was me wrestling him in the Iron Man match. I've it lot. That would be the dream.
0: Mine would be, I'm a big Mouset Man
2: so, yeah, if I could wrestle anybody, I wish I could wrestle a bunch of years. Uh, I'm I'm 44 right now, and my inspiration has always been Stan Hansen in his 40s. So if I could face Stan Hansen when he was 44, <laughs> that would be sick. I yeah, I really would. I, I'd like to just beat the hell out
3: of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you guys uh, debuted in 2017 in pro wrestling. Talk about debuting there and, and winning it. So, we won the titles right away. Titles. Oh, world title. Oh,
0: World Championship. I got it. I, didn't, I didn't pick up on that. But the first so place said so Rampage, I was like, no, no, no we, we debuted on Tampage. Okay, you're talking <laughs> about <laughs> and <laughs> here <laughs> you Yeah. Yeah, that
2: was, 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 was our first time we ever tagged together, and we won a championship. Yeah. two championships. It was pretty cool. I think we actually won with Heart Attack, too, which we've never done again. Yeah, we stole the Heart Foundation's finisher. <laughs> we probably, probably sorry guys, <laughs> we stole it. Yeah, um, had to win the world championship.
3: <laughs> 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 so you guys sort
2: of worked against the uh, ring, Colby Reid and the basement, and their goals and like work with those guys. Believe it or not, um, PB is uh, he actually is a giant, and that's uh, it's funny like. He's also, like, uh, in real life, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, and I remember Colby, uh, at that time, he was, like, at a weird crossroads. I remember he was, like, yeah, oh, I don't know if I'm going to wrestle anymore. But, like, that match was, like, really sick. I don't know why, like, I like mismatched tag teams, and that's, like, a really cool tag team to be, like, a kicker guy with, like, a giant. Right. So, it was really fun working hey, It
0: was a cool feeling because, like, I think Colby kind of looked up to both of us like me, for how long I wrestled for, and then, him, he you've know, got to band, and then uh, PB's kind of the same way, PB always, like, we're always coming for advice and stuff like that, so you always, any time we get to wrestle each other, you like it a lot, so, like, it's always, it's always nice when you get to perform with, you know, with people you have a like,
3: bond with. Right, So, which? I go by both. So you started out, out of the Indies in Canada, so Cherry Bomb talking about working
1: in in sort of where that came from. Well, um, I was named, I was given the name Cherry Bomb. I hated it initially. Uh, I was in wrestling school and I had pink bangs, black hair and pink bangs. And my trainer was like, This is going to be your name, Cherry Bomb. And I was like, Oh. Um, Okay, <laughs> didn't love it at first, so didn't love it at her, but I fell in love with it, I fell in love with it and I kept the name uh, right up until I debuted with Impact Wrestling in 2016 and it was very sweet to let the name go because, you know, I carried it with me for, you know, 10, over 10 years at that point, um, but yeah, I wrestled on the Ontario a scene for probably the first five, five, six years of my wrestling career was on the Indies in Ontario.
3: It was great. I loved it. It was wonderful.
0: Thank you mentioned, mm-hmm. like one of the first couple times I saw her and you video show to the the Rugby piece, the song Cherry Yes, and yes. I, I, was, I wasn't even watching the I was perfect. I knew the girls' match was out, and I heard the song Cherry Brown. I was like, oh, that girl Cherry Brown comes up to this song. I just thought she was like a superstar,
3: she's a superstar, this is Because <laughs> I was like, you know, so she, you know, she looks incredible and I was like, and she comes out to the song, oh my god, this girl's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned a bunch of trainers, so I read a little bit that you, you guys were trying to do training train, 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 train stuff. Right? It's like a, it's me like all the physical stuff I do,
0: just through him. So it's like, yeah, like a, I can, I owe everything. <laughs> I always I say like uh, between my Andy and then uh, through, we have a group of kids in Buffalo, uh, Puff, Kevin uh, Blackwood, Dave Garcia, anybody that I've kinda like I put my name on that I got help train. Like he, he did get like initial training from a place in Canada in the late nineties. And even um, all those kids I just mentioned got their initial training. At Grammar's and School in Buffalo, New York. But I like to think, like, I helped them. Like, I mean, he, he did a lot of, I, as far as our training, a lot of his was, like, kind of like on the job training because he was touring so much. And plus, it's like, you know, at the, we used to do like 30s, 30, 30, 36, 36, 36. Yeah, so it's been like pro wrestling training, it's hard to train for pro wrestling. He can only really train so much because he could be hurt for tour, it could be hurt for shows, he had books, so it was a lot of like an the job training. And then the same thing with with the, with the other kids. Like they we just all started getting cars together and travel and, you know, in the traveling. I watched matches or we would talking in car. It was like like I always I was call it like
3: advanced training. You know, being as mm-hmm. psychology and that kind of stuff. And do you think um, you know a lot of people say it in some of the wrestling I won't mention the more? Can you guys hear us
0: dude, no
2: one remembers anything about the physicality between Macho Man and Jake the Snake until he pulled a snake out and it bit his arm. Yeah, and you know, we're still talking about that, right? right. In what happened before that? Does anyone know? <laughs>
4: no. you remember he got in the arm by a snake.
2: Yeah, that is, that's exactly it. Storytelling is the stuff that
0: grabs people and keeps them invested. You know, I mean, that's, that's the big difference so that's why, in, that's why I'm saying I don't think storytelling will ever go away because it's a major part of the process.
2: Yeah. And it, it, what's cool now, like, I think what's different about wrestling now than it is, than it was like back in the day most, were like, you kind of only had, like, three types of wrestling at that time. And it was, like, Memphis where you were always going to get stories. And in New York, you were going to get, like, stories where the dudes were giants. Like, they were just monsters. You know what I mean? Like, and it was kind of cool, but you, you I mean, back then,
4: you had to be in that area to watch that stuff. You had to be in those territories to watch stuff. The cool part the
2: thing about pro wrestling now is it's its just another form of media done just physically where you can go and watch a high-voltage match with a heavy metal song watch some, like, GCW match with, like, Luchador dudes just flying around and going, you know what I mean? Like, doing stuff like that. It's, like, it's something that's, that's like, wasn't around that. Then you had to, see, like, seek that stuff out. And then you have to, like, almost make weird playlists of, like, these, you know, where it was just those matches, but then, like, the tape would run out. Now, you can watch any type of wrestling you want, any form at any time. So, it's like, it's insane that if one story can capture your attention, like past all that other stuff, like that's, you know what I mean? Like that's what people remember. You're not going to remember the gifty thing, but you're going to remember that day, and that day is going to be sick to hell. Like those gifts are amazing, and I'll watch every one of them. But like every time I watch like a super gif, I go and watch the match, and I'm just like, oh man, there's no like, they're just, there's no, there's no story. Like you're not getting any context to it. But it's also safe to watch for that second. That's what you want It's like, you know what I mean? It's like another form of like music or movie where you can watch which girls do crazy stuff or you can watch like... Like the other day Jungle Boy and Ricky uh, Starks had like a match that was like, they told a great story. You know what I mean? And then the match finished and you're like, oh my God. You know what I mean? Like we didn't start here. You know what I mean? It's It's great. So
4: sorry, sorry. sorry, I not on a tangent, but No, that's like,
2: and that's one of the
0: things I really enjoy about AEW is, you know, we put out a product where there's, you know, you'll see Darby and Jeff Hardy do the match day. and on Wednesday, you'll see Suzuki and Joe do, like, a Japanese style match, like, there's all these different types of matches and
1: styles of wrestling in one program, and I think that's, I think that's, I think that's awesome. So, how uh, do you, uh, You talked about signing with Impact Um, and you were two-time knockouts. Talk about that if you could. Yeah, well um, when I signed with Impact, that was my first television contract and I actually took a selfie of myself after I signed it and I had like tears in my eyes. I was like so excited. I was like, I can't believe it's happening. I loved TNA. I loved TNA. When I was trained with, when I became a wrestler, I was working in the Indies the women's division in TNA had really like blown up, at Gail Kim and Austin awesome Kong. and It was just, it was a great time for women in wrestling. And I, I just admired the knockouts so much. So it really meant a lot to me to then, you know, sign with Impact. And I won the first, so I won the knockouts title for the first time as a fluke. And uh, I was... I was going to say,
0: the two times at won were like very different.
1: Yeah, they were very, very different. So the first time I won them, I was Maria Kanellis's assistant. And I was knocked down and fell on top of the girl, and
0: uh, the rough counted one, two, three. Yeah, t- TNA Impact
4: loves doing the, this person has no idea how to wrestle angle. because <laughs> yes. Peter did it for a bit, she did it, like, they always,
0: have, they always like having a character who's like, this person doesn't know how to wrestle, so like, but they eventually
1: start yeah, they, like, they you know, figure it out at the top. Right, and I, I have to make something, like, you known. Pretending like you don't know how to wrestle is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Ever, because at that point I've been wrestling for 10 years, so now I'm getting the ring pretending to be like tripping over my feet, and it was like a weird, it was a really weird <laughs> experience, but I, uh, when I pinned her one to 3 I, I was bawling hysterically. Like, I
0: like, was so silly, so
1: I, I want to say Earl Hebner was a, was the rep. And he lifted my arm, and I was bawling my eyes out, because even though it was Kind of silly the setup for it, it was still such a huge moment for me because when I started wrestling, I never thought I was going to go anywhere ever. I never ever did. I, I it just seemed like an impossible mountain that I was never going to climb. I never felt like at the time, you know, divas like that was sort of the when I came in 2004, like Diva, the Diva era had kind of started, and I just didn't feel like I looked like that at all. And it was just it was a really weird time in wrestling, being a female and being a woman, you know, it was just weird and so I never thought I was gonna get to anything. And then when it happened at it was such a big deal for me. So my whole experience at impact was was so good in terms of like I learned how to work in front of
4: a camera. I
1: got to work with incredible talents, incredible women, and and learned so much. I learned so much from Maria. She was she's such an incredible human. Beautiful. She took so much time with me and taught me how to be confident in front of a camera, and I just learned so much there. And I got to work with Rosemary, and we get to tell a really great story with Sue Young know, you and go into this undead realm and just do this wild, wild stuff. And
4: I, I just, I loved every second
1: that I had impact.
0: I mean, also like I remember the second time I worked to Chelsea. I did. I got to work with one of my best friends ever. You got to wrestle one of my best friends and one the knockouts. And they. A thing for wrestlers is TV wrestling is is time is always a big issue because you know the show only goes so long so everything has to match up and so when you're given lots you know we have 15, 15 minutes, minutes yeah.
1: 15 minutes is a lot of time on television it's a lot especially for like knockouts girls match usually
0: you get half of that maybe like seven or eight so like they had I remember that I was really really proud like and Chelsea they had a lot of time but anyway, if you can dig that match up, it's, it's really worth watching. It's really good. It was, it was just a big one. That, that was the second time I went into it. It was
3: awesome. Thanks. <laughs> so a few years back, we had what was known as the Women's Revolution. Where do you see women's re- wrestling now
1: uh, after that whole PR thing? It's funny because the, you know, the Women's Revolution, and, and I'm not at all knocking it. I think, especially in that company, the women deserved to have a platform, they deserve to have time, they deserve to have matches and tell stories, like they earned that. But that was happening on the indies already. You know, I was working for companies like Shimmer and Shine, and you don't know, they're all women's promotions in the U.S. at the time, and they were giving us incredible time, number one, and they were giving us stories, and the product that we were, you know, producing, even though it was on the indies, was like, it was, it was, pushed by women, you know, like it was, and it was backed by people, like it was, so this was already happening on the Indies, and it was happening in TNA, and so it it needed to happen in that company, because that company is, you know, it's a huge company, and there's a lot of eyes on it, and and a lot of young people are looking up to women in that company, and they weren't given the time they deserve, so I think it needed to happen. Now, I think it's a whole other world for women's wrestling, like there are opportunities everywhere and I'm so thankful for, not only for me but for the next generation of women that get to come in and, and for young people to see at, like, female athletes performing on that level gets me emotional because I feel like we've all worked so hard for so long to be taken seriously and uh, I think it's in a really good place and I'm just so proud of everyone
3: that have paved the way and that are still on the path and that are just coming into it, you know? I think it's a really good time. Sure. I I'm going to we'll take you back to 2006. The HWA Heavyweight Championship was on the line in the face of Moxley. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if
0: you remember, just talk about what it was like way back then. Yeah, I mean, completely out of to my professor up a lot back then. Okay. <laughs> I, I do think I remember the exact match we talked talking about. I think we, I really took me a couple times. Um, but yeah, I wrestled, I wrestled box a lot. the um, long story short, it was like I moved to Cincinnati and trained there, I uh, ended up going back home to Buffalo for about three, four years. And I went back to Cincinnati a second time, which returned to the years, like it was 2006. Um, and when I went back the second time, yeah, there was a new young kid, Moxley, and he had a lot of promise, so that they paired me up with a um, and yeah, it was, it was it was really it's you know and then to wrestle Mox again like a couple of weeks ago like it's it's really cool to see like how far he's come and you know, when he, you know yeah when he, you know, when he was young he just it was just very obvious he had a lot of talent you know so it's, it's, it's it was it's good that he was around the right people and you know I'm really happy for his
3: success and how well he's doing cool. so let's get into AEW a little bit how did you guys get signed up to she was,
1: she was first. Yeah, so I had left um, Impact Wrestling at the beginning of 2019. And I had no idea what I was going to do or, or where I was going to go. And I was sort of, um, I don't know, like in a weird kind of stage in my life. And I just got a call. I got a call. And it was one of the most amazing moments in my life. I like felt, Lord, I cried. I was so... I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Wait, what? Hold on, excuse me. What? Do you want me to sign? Like, what? Like it was." And um, and then I yeah I signed and I started and I, I want to say I officially started with the uh, AW March or April of 2019.
0: It was a uh, it was cool for me to see too because when her contract ran out an impact so she was just kind of back in limbo. She was really, she was really stressed about it, had confidence issues and stuff like that. It, it, it wasn't wrong. I didn't think it was two weeks after we
4: yes. had the impact. Yeah. AEW called her. And it was, I mean, that was, you know, to have a conference down here and then get a phone call like that, it was really cool to see
0: her just skyrocketing. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a
1: game changer for sure.
0: Well, then with with us, it was pretty much me and him started doing some stuff on the Indies together. And we got, you know, we got evolving more and more. Like he came up with the names, which were the blades, and we're going to do stuff.
2: And we're uh, really, really good at the art wrestling. C four. A lot of places like us to be in the road players. Yeah. So like we would just go in and just like, like C four wrestling out Ottawa. We're just like, yo, know, the place is yours. And it was like you'd go there and you just they would pair us up with the animals, and then we would just be like going around in the crowd, just throwing chairs at each other, and like, they, they like a lot of those companies. Like, I think saw the potential of us as almost like the new like almost like outlaws you know what i mean where like we would come in and it's like everyone always thinks like horror
4: and stuff like that when they think of the name
2: or whatever but like if you really look at it it's kind of like like doc holiday and wider or like kind of how like that don't. but like a frank Miller version of it like, anyways <laughs> so like you
4: know then they would like allow us to do the things that like we needed to do to be seen, and it was like, oh my, God. It, it, and it was almost like like they all talked to each other,
2: like just let them do their thing, like, like just let them go in there and just have the matches they want to have, because we would get to places, and we would just start throwing ideas, and we would be like, yeah sure, yeah, I'll do that, so it was like, we kind of took advantage of it, like the fact that all these like indies were like letting us be us, it was really cool. And that was it. I think we just like got to do our like weird stuff,
4: and then like
2: AEW saw it and like, "Hey, we could probably put her with us, and we can all just be like a weird." Yeah, yeah. It pretty,
1: yeah, true. Yeah, because like, yeah, at the time I was sort of in this weird. I didn't know what I to be. Totally honest, I didn't really know what my character was at the time. I was sort of still. Still, kind of an impact alley character, and I was just like, This is not really who I am anymore. I don't know, I have to switch gears here. And, and uh, you know, the, the idea was presented that we could all work together, and it just made sense. It's like, This is my husband, and this is my best friend. It's like, that's it, that's chemistry that's already there. And uh, and then we got to crawl out of a ring together, all three
4: of us.
0: That <laughs> yeah, was, like was like a really cool moment, I can still remember like the three of us, underneath the ring, and there was a, this is at AEW, uh, for our, she, she had already three and his team and her didn't be with us. Uh, we were underneath the ring, and there was a production guy with us oh, who kind of.
1: Oh, who was with us at, at TNA as well? So we have a lot of people that have worked at Impact Wrestling that now worked at AEW, and uh, this specific person had worked with us at TNA. For
0: yeah, three years. so now, now all of a sudden we're at this like, huge arena, this huge crowd, like live television, or underneath the rig, and Dispenza, the production guy who was with us, before was with us, and, like, he cuts it up, and, like, it was just, like, okay, like, and I remember, like, all of us, like, looking at each other, like, okay, ready? Like, uh, let's go, and, like, it was just really cool to, like, all do it together, you know? It was, it
2: was, like, a really big moment for us. How long did you have to be in there? It wasn't better. It wasn't hard. It stuck us <laughs> I was really bummed because I
4: wanted
2: that stuff. Awesome. i'm going to be under there for like five hours and like, oh, i had ahead and pee in a bucket because i remember his yeah. mom was under there he had a story and he was under there for like four hours yeah that's i've heard yeah. a story i, my, all the my gosh, like, I never
1: that's yeah. horrible
0: i was like I, I have terrible anxiety issues so like when i heard this, that we were going to be under the ring Yeah, it just started going i, I remember all the stories like i've heard a guy's been under there for four hours Guys like shitting and pissing buckets, <laughs> <Excuse> <laughs> my and like, I, I've heard a lot of your stories. So I, I, mean, I was, so I was just all over the place. And then when I found out, it was they just did a blackout like the segment before, and we scooted up. We were literally over there for about five minutes. I was,
1: <laughs> I was obsessing over. I kept saying to was "Like, are you sure we're going to be able to get out?" but I could just imagine like they would get out fine, and I would
0: be like,
1: like trying to get through, you know, like just like horrifying. And, ever, it,
0: and that was like, they they, gave, they told us about it a couple months in advance, and my experiences in wrestling, whenever you hear about big things like that, especially in advance, it usually doesn't happen. So when they told us, like, hey, we're going to have get a debut, and we're going to come up through the ring and stuff, and I was like, oh, cool, we'll see. And then we never heard anything else about it, and then we got there that day. And Like I said, by this point, those two months, my anxiety had already created so many different scenarios of what was going to happen, and then there was. I said something to somebody, they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah." I was like, "Oh, we're coming out of the rain." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." And then same as her, like, I was like, "Well, who's gonna like? Are we supposed to? Are we?" Like, like yeah, we're gonna cut the thing, and in my just like, do we have to cut it? Like, what are we like? Yeah, like, I imagine like we're, we're gonna have like box
1: cutters, we're gonna be cutting up a ring, Like, what? How, how are we gonna do this? this is this gonna be an elevator? Is it gonna be a step ladder? Like, and
0: like it's it's, like, keep, it's live television. You know what I mean? So like, in my have thinking like, what if I go to cut it? It doesn't cut, and then you know, time three seconds seems like three minutes on live TV, and like, yeah, but it just it all it all worked out. It was amazing. <laughs> so Allie, uh, I read that you're.
1: The character of the bunny was a mesh of a couple horror characters. Yeah. Which ones were those? Um, so Baby from uh, House of Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. That was a really big influence on it. Um, I like the movie The Strangers a lot. It's one of my I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite horror movies, but I love the concept of this sounds terrible, but killers showing up and doing terrible things for no reason. Um, so that was inspiration for it. Um, and then like, uh, this makes me sound a little crazy, but it's sort of like a version of myself, I guess. The part of my character is a lot of who I am, but if I was not a good person, I guess, (laughs) I was the opposite of a good person. Um, but horror plays a huge, huge part in my character and like just creatively, like when I try to think of Storyline ideas, things like that. I, I definitely steal little bits and pieces from some of my favorite shows. I love Bucking the Vampire Slayer, it's my favorite shows of all time, so I steal little things from that, but like horror movies. Oh, and the vampire diaries. I just love the vampire diaries. And I did take I did take a couple things from there too. <laughs> but yeah, I, I try to like get inspiration from mostly horror movies. So uh the Beach
4: you guys face ADP. Yeah, talk yeah. about Amazing. What it was like working
2: with those two legends. Uh, that is one of the most insane days of my life. Yeah, that literally is one of the most insane days of my life. That was the that was the only show I I only missed two shows for my band every time I got like I only missed two shows in 25 years, and one of them was to the wrestle DDP, and then the other one was Tommy Heresian, like which is one of my like both. You know, I like both of them in different ways. So, like that one was wild because the band was in Paris, France, and I was like, they're, "I'm like texting them, like, hey, is everybody there? Is everybody safe?' Like, doing things that I shouldn't have been doing, like paying, trying to pay attention to that match. You know what I mean? They did this weird thing where, like, DDP wanted to fly. They flew us down to Atlanta. and We like worked with DDP a little bit in Atlanta. But like the flight got messed up, so we showed up really late. We yeah. up. So when we got there, we just kind of like did like two things, and then like went back to the airport. <laughs> way, it was it was really weird um, that whole day. Is, it's it's the most insane thing. Like he wanted to do a dive in the match too, so we were like, "All right, there's that." <laughs> and you're like. You never did that once in your career. And then he's like looking at us, you got me right. You got me me right, bro. Yeah, yeah, we got you, we got you right. But yeah, it was was just an insane day. And then like, that was the show that we got signed. Like That was after that show. Oh my God, it was. Yeah, and I had to get on a flight to Denmark. So like, (laughs) I had to get up early and like that night, oh yeah, I tried to buy a dude. A dude had a pair of cowboy boots that were made by Adidas. And I was like, dude, I'll give you any amount of money you save. Like, I bought those boots so bad. And the guy who designed them gave them to him, so he wouldn't give them to me. I was like, really mad. Anyways, but we were at this bar after for a really long time. We were with the guys or whatever. And like, there were, we had no plans after that. Like, they weren't like, hey, like after this match, you know, you're gonna go into this thing with someone. It was like the first time we're like we had nothing. And like the match like I didn't grab this place we're like eating and we're like, oh, that was good. That was good yeah, yeah. Maybe a little Was, was it Miami? You're Miami. Yeah. Miami? Yeah. Like you're going into you're going on the tour now, so you know like you know, we'll see. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna be here when you get back. like, okay. And then like around two in the morning, Nick Jackson and Nick Cody like grab us like us oh, that's a like, Hey yeah. okay, guys, we're we going to be like full contract. Is that cool? And we were like, what? And like, it was such a weird call home, like at like two in the morning. Like, Hannah, uh, I'm, I'm working for this wrestling company now, like full time. So we got to figure that out. I got two full time jobs. So. right, we'll talk about it when I get home. All right, all
4: right, love you. <laughs> Yeah, it was just that, and then I went to
2: Denmark. It was like I, I, I played guitar for three weeks. I just I want to like extend off because I, I I forget about this stuff.
0: And that was. Do you have the date of that uh, Best Beat Show by any chance? I do not. Okay. Oh, well, I
1: should, I should we'll find it. It's on cage, cage Match dot net. I'm sure.
0: I, I, I should know because that is the day I finally got signed after for twenty years. But I don't know. I mean, if anybody could use this in their whole life like he you know the stories we were just telling but AEW originally brought us in and we came up to the ring and stuff like that they didn't sign us to contracts by the way it was just kind of like hey you guys come in and do this thing and then i was like hey can you guys come back next week and do this thing okay cool come back next week and like so like he was saying like we, we weren't really sure if it was going anywhere like how we were doing and then we did the stuff with ddp and you know my negative brain, of course, just went to like, oh, okay, well, we're going to take diamond cutters and then right off from the sunset, that's it. Um, and then for I mean, for him to even to even get there, like you said, like the band was playing in Paris that day. What was it? That was the first show he ever missed? That <laughs> was the first show I had in his Yeah, years. he was 25 years. Ago. Yeah, so he's the only member of the band that never missed a show. It was the first show he ever had to miss, uh to then we said, wrestle DDP and then fly internationally like the next morning. Um, and, you know, after the match, everything went well and like said, we decided we were at the restaurant and then finally Nick and Cody like made us over. I mean that, it's, to me, it's, it's strange because I just, you know, I've been building up that moment in my head for so long, like when it finally happened. Like
4: I didn't, I didn't cry, I didn't like, I wasn't overjoyed. I was just kind of like blank,
0: and just like, "Holy shit, this is like a real thing!" Like, "Oh my god!" And he actually pulled me outside, and I was just like, hey man, we got to take a second here. This is a big deal." <laughs> yeah. like, so it was, yeah, that was. And like I said, I should really learn
4: that day because that was really, it's a really big deal. But as I, as I was saying, it's just you know, if, if you're, you know, if you're
0: trying, if you're going for something, you know, you're gonna hear no a lot. But if, if it's if it's something you're, you're really really passionate about, it's something you really really want, and you keep going, like, you know that old saying, the cream always rises at to the top. Like you can, they can only deny you so long, and it, you know that day it just worked out for all of us. So it was amazing. You recently
3: had a match with another Ohio fan, guess Darby Allen. Bringing uh-huh. him we down the stairs, we're
2: worried at all? <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna break this man, dude. Okay, let me just say. Like, as a pro wrestler, like, coming from something else and coming into pro wrestling, like, the similarities between wrestling and music, there's a ton of them. The one thing that never happens in music is someone asking you to hurt their body. (laughs) So, like, Darby is a wild dude, and every single time we wrestle, I have to, like, go, are you okay with this? And he will always confidently say, Yes, and I at first I used to feel really guilty if something had happened, and then you have to then look him in the eyes and see he is totally okay with it, and <laughs> go, all right, dude, that's what we're doing, man. All right, and it was like I, I, I was like, this is sounds I was a little too safe with him. I think I could have thrown him a little harder after watching it, but I did throw him downstairs. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. He's. He's, he's probably my favorite person to wrestle. Like, we, we have a really good give and take from each other. So. Oh, and that was
0: when, because when you threw him down the stairs, just before that, oh my uh, Jeff Hardy had Hulk pro-wrestling, like, taken my head and put it into a wall. Mm-hmm. But I was really, I mean, I'm doing, like, ECW mm-hmm. stuff, crowd rolling with Jeff Hardy. So I was just really excited, and I shoot, put my head into the wall, and I had a scarlet paper. Busted my head a little bit. Yeah. So he, oh. basically I went down the stairs first, me and Jeff, and then he
2: threw a guard down the stairs. As he walked down the stairs, he saw blood all over the door. The worst thing you ever saw, saw I was like, oh my God, I, I, I killed Darby. I definitely <laughs> thought I killed Darby. Yeah, I forgot to tell you guys that. Yeah, that's just, I came downstairs and there was blood everywhere. And I'm like, I, I remember, I think my move has happened, I did this with Moxie the other day too. I think I I think dudes are bleeding. I just roll them over and then step on their throat,
4: <laughs> which is like
2: a, a weird thing to do But them, like assessing them at that time. So it's like, it looks menacing, but really I'm going, dude, are you okay? Like, I come on, on. up. Um, and I remember walking down the thing and I remember like, like throwing Darby over like putting my foot on his throat and being like, are you bleeding? And he's like, I don't think so. And I'm like, I look up, And now, this is a really messed up thing because he's my best friend. You look up and you just see him pouring blood ahead and you go, oh man, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's sweet. (laughs) And it's just, yeah. And then I remember slipping on your blood, Yeah. I don't know if we should be saying all (laughs) this.
3: So, talk about the evolution uh, of Butcher Blade and the Bunny through the start of AEW until now. What do you think? I'm, I'm, like, really proud of like, the evolution stuff. Like, I, uh, there was a graphic for
0: our match tonight, on Rampage, and just, I just thought about it. Like, the way me and him look compared to, like, when we first were starting on the Indians. And it's, it you know, it's not to, to discredit how we looked when we first started. Like, I've enjoyed all of it. It's just, I think it's really cool, like, how much we evolved. I mean, people tell him all the time, like He he had, a, he had a match with Moxley. Wasn't happy with this cardio so we just started working hard and dropped a lot of weight and then I was putting weight back on and I mean like all, all of us we just like, I really think
1: we've evolved like the last week. Yeah we just yeah go ahead. no I was gonna say I feel like we're all much more comfortable and confident in ourselves and I think it's reflected in our work and our presentation and and all of that. I think you can, I think you can see how hard we're all working on ourselves individually. And how much we support each other as a team, um, and I think I think creatively. Even though we're we're a team and we look similarly, each of us kind of brings our own like twist on what we feel the butcher, the blade, the bunny are, you know. And I think you can kind of see that when we come to the ring. We don't we don't quite look. I think when we first came out together, we were all sort of we looked kind of the same. Like we kind of had like, a uniform, you know. And now I think we're at a point where it's like this is what you look like you know, with your with your glasses and the whole right and this is what you look like with your leather like what if you just came out wearing a leather
4: jacket. So this is a this is that's like really cool about our
2: job is that no one talks to you about that stuff.
1: Unless you want to. Unless you want to yeah if you
2: go to like someone you say like hey man I got this idea, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Like who's it like and it's it's like like a higher up will tell you like
1: Maybe not. Maybe like. Mm.
2: Like that, but like no one's really pulling
4: the
1: trigger.
2: There's a lot you. of creative freedom. We have a lot of creative freedom, like a lot. A lot. I, I like hurt myself, I tore my bicep, I tore my right bicep in November and I had time off. And in that time when my band broke up and it just was like, whatever, it just wasn't a great time. <laughs> so I, I, I sat at home and I got to watch them wrestling. And it's different when you're like there, and you're like outside the ring and Feel it and you're in a ring and you're like you're thinking about the match and you're thinking about you know the ways you have to sell yourself while you're doing this stuff and like you don't really pay attention to like the motions unless something like gnarly happens you know what i mean where like you weren't there for a part of the call and like something happens where like, you didn't expect it in real life but like when you're at home and you're watching like two people who have like helped train me <laughs> And you're watching them, like, currently work. And you're going, oh, this is the stuff I haven't been doing. Like, I'm seeing the aggression that Jesse's pushing out. I'm seeing the aggression that Allie's throwing out there. And, like, I can then go, oh, shit, I need to be on that level. So, like, at that time, like, she was, like, literally wrestling for, like, the title. Of the show. Like, she had, like, a gnarly run when I was injured. And then he had this gnarly one when I was injured where they were both wrestling singles matches like every night just kicking ass. And all you do at home is you just collect that data, you collect the data, and I was like, all right, I need to be the super monster. I understand now. You know what I mean? Like I got it, like where I was like, okay, the super monster is that dude that like, in my world is the guy down the street that like works on the car that everybody says is like on coke and has like wild dogs and you know what I mean? Like you don't know, you know like, well, just stay with the maps, alright? I don't know what happens there, but that's it. And I I came up with this like new character. And there was a night where we were outside hanging out with Tony Connor, and I just looked at him and I was like, Dude, I'm going to be the coolest wrestler you have there. You have no opportunity to not look. <laughs> wait, wait, wait until you see what I do. And it was it was kind of cool like that he gives you the opportunities to do that. And it's almost kind of like he gives you the opportunity to fail, which I think is like the greatest opportunity. If you get anything from this, failure is not what you think it is. Failure is just a part of the success. That's Perfect. the first part. Very important. So like, you know, you can do something and you can fail that's amazing. That's data. That's someone telling you something doesn't work. That's great. Alright, I'm gonna take another crack at it. And that was it. And it's just literally trying to be a super beast. That was it. I wanted to be like the nasty dude on the street.
1: And I feel like like because we all trust each other so much, like Bush didn't need to come to us and be like, hey guys, listen, this is what I'm doing with the character now. So it was it was just this is what he's gonna do. Okay. Yeah. I, I trust that he's making a great judgment call on his character. And I, and, and, but he's still part of the Bush of the It's play. always going to
3: make sense. Yeah, exactly, because I know you're looking
1: out for all of us, all three, always. We're always yeah. looking out for each other, no matter what direction we're going in. It's, it's we're, you know, what is it, what do the three musketeers say? All for one, one for all? Yeah, yeah that's it.
0: But like, uh, I think that's one of the funnest parts of our characters, is that, I, I feel like sometimes in pro wrestling people can get a little carried away with things making too much sense. Um, and you know some stuff we do, it doesn't have to make sense. Um, like I, example I'm thinking of is uh, during the uh, you know, during the pandemic, obviously it was like strange times, nobody was going on, especially with wrestling and entertainment stuff. Um, and you know a credit to Andy's brain is he just he came up with an idea of like us wearing a color that would like help us stand out amongst everything. And he was like let's we'll wear all white so when we're on tv we'll stand out and then also you know and as far as making sense like we are technically supposed to be butchers anyways butchers always wear white but i mean there's a lot of it to it like that's I, that's i like that when we wore the white stuff we never really explained why you know because like like
4: you said it could be butcher shop stuff uh island with dr grow like do they
0: all white like there's a lot a lot of different things so that's i like I like leaving things up to like people's own imaginations a lot of times. uh and then you know then I always think it's funny when people just get like, shitty about it too, they're just like, oh it doesn't make any sense, oh, really so that's not the idea. But you know, and then Tony actually Tony kind of even admitted to Andy. He was like, Yeah, that's why I started like using you guys more because people were talking about it more, because you know whether we whether we were in the crowd trying to help out with the pandemic stuff, or if we were the energy of the wrestling that we stood stood out. You know kind of
2: Yeah, so that's- and it, Just always make people ask questions. It's that easy. If you want to stand out, make everybody ask questions. That's- that's literally it. And you don't ever have to even answer them. It doesn't have to be anything real. I literally one day I was watching John McLaughlin play guitar and he wore all, like, yeah, all white and it was like, I was like, I'm gonna wear all white. That literally was it. I like, he looks cool as hell. He's using like a double deck guitar and he's wearing all white. Fishing Orchestra. Plays. <laughs> I got one last question before we let you go, um, Andy. I was in Pittsburgh a few weeks ago mm-hmm. for AEW, and you faced low. Yeah. I've never been in a ring or anything, but when you face a monster like that, how yeah. different it is. You know what? Uh, like my favorite type of wrestling is just big, meaty dudes, right? Like you know, like just that, that that like Stan Hansen again, just to go back to just like dudes just beating each other up. Like, I get so excited for those matches, you know what I mean? But that match, I was so, for some reason, I just had my head space, I was so nervous for that match. Because I knew it was going to end with four power bombs. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, you're just like, man, like, four power bombs? And I remember, like, I was doing, like, sick things in my head. If I take one powerbomb on the outside, he most certainly can't probably my my four times. So I'm like trying to pitch like, me, getting powerbomb down the ramp, getting powerbomb through like the, the timekeeper's table, getting powerbomb into the guardrail at one point, uh, powerbombed onto concrete. just so take. So I could just take <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, but like one real bad one. <laughs> like it would just accumulate the four. To be honest with you, it was it was awesome. It was it was everything I wanted it to be. It was like my little All Japan like Freeman match where like I got beat. It was cool. And like for real, like for us to for any wrestler to tell you that it's me, 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 me it that's such baloney. It's little hearing that crowd cheer his name over and over again only meant they wanted to see him beat someone up. And that was cool. And like you get to be in the ring for stuff like that, it, it just feels great because I knew where his head was at. Right. You know what I mean? Hometown crowd just like yeah. and I was like, All right, man, let's go. Randoms, right? Yeah. Godzilla versus King Kong. And going back to one last thing, going back to storytelling, I really thought, you know, him meeting another monster like yeah. who really sells that. Yeah, yeah, like, mean a lot of credibility. And, you know. and you know. the best one the tiniest giant in the AEW. <laughs> so like then he had to wrestle Lance and then he had to wrestle big Gats, yeah. Which is insane, right? Like the evolution of man, I was just the, the, the mediator. I was in the hands <laughs> of <laughs> right, Everybody, put your hands together for the Good luck, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're nice Thanks for coming, guys. Really appreciate it. That was really-